So this morning, I want to start with this question. What do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when you're afraid? I I thought about that, and my mind went back to... 1989 and Hurricane Hugo. And I'll never forget that I probably slept through most of Hurricane Hugo. But I'll never forget that it was myself, my mom, my sister, all crammed in my little closet in my room. Why? Why? Because we went there because it was a space that was tight. That as you know, as you think anytime that storms come that you're to go to the interior, right? That you're to get away from, like our living room had lots of windows. And so you want to get away from that. And so you find shelter in that closet. You find shelter in that tight space because the way it's built and kind of framed up, you go there to be safe. So as I began to think about, you know, well, that's what we did to try to remain safe when we were afraid of of the hurricane. And then I began to think of, fast forward to what I know now and what I experienced recently. One of the things I want to tell you is, as we talk about today's message Do people always have to tell you that there's a storm happening around you? I mean, we can take that both ways. We can take that physically and we can take that spiritually. We can take that relationally. Do you always have to have somebody tell you that there's a storm happening around you? No. Sometimes you know that there's a storm that maybe no one else realizes. And so as I think about today, as we're talking about what do we do when we're afraid? What do we do when the storms of life come? I reflect back on what happened in Hugo and it's a reminder of it taught me then what to do now. And just recently in our, um, back in the last few months, one night I was woke, uh, the, a storm woke me up in the middle of the night, which does not happen very often. And I began to look out the window and the rain was coming in sideways and the trees were, you know, bending over sideways and I was scared. Now we don't have a Noah weather radio or anything that would necessarily alert us that there was a storm, but I saw from around me that there was a storm. And so what did I do? I mean, I bet, you know, my boys aren't here this morning because they're on uh, a vacation with my in-laws. It was a vacation for us too, but anyway. Um, I went and I got my family and I woke them up and I got them in the hallway. Right, they were dead asleep. But because I saw that there was a storm of a threat, a danger that could be around us, I got everybody together and I put them in the interior of the house where there was no glass and, and where it was a tighter space for all of us to get. Could you imagine being woken up, right? And you come and get in there, but we were and we did because it was a tight space. 
And so this morning, I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the book of Psalms. So as you know, we've been, I've been preaching through a series on 2 Timothy, but the last Sunday of the month, I typically preach a psalm. And so when I was trying to decide where I was going to be today, I, w- I realized last time I preached on a psalm, it was Psalm 17. And so today it was Psalm 18. So I want you to turn to Psalm 18. Now, what do we know about the Psalms? Well, we know that they're what? That there's a lot of influx of prayer. There's praise. You see the psalmist being raw and real with God, pouring out their heart, pouring out their frustration. And so today we're going to look at Psalm 18. Now, for those of you who know me and who heard me preach before and haven't slept through a lot of my boring messages, there's 50 verses in Psalm 18. I said, Lord, how am I going to do that? Sometimes I struggle to get through one verse. How am I going to get through? How am I going to preach a psalm? How am I going to do any justice to a psalm with 50 verses? Well, he gave me the answer that I needed. And so you'll see that in just a moment. But let's look, as you see, usually in the psalms you'll have an inscription above the psalm. And it tells us a lot about what's going on. It tells us who wrote it. And tells us about what's happening in the life of the psalmist. And so today we see to the choir master or to the song leader, to the worship leader. This is a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord rescued him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So here we find the psalm of David. And it's almost a duplicate of 2 Samuel 22. And it was most likely written at the end of David's life when there would have been peace. When there would have been peace. And so we see this morning that that kind of the, the title of this psalm is The Lord is my rock and my fortress. So I want you to look with me this morning. I want you to look with me at the first three verses of this psalm. We're going to unpack it. We're going to look at it. David says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Father God, we pray as we have read your word, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds And help us to dig deep, to unpack this verse, and to implant truths of this verse by your Holy Spirit into our lives, that we may remember who you are. Father, that you are our rock, that you are our fortress, that you are our deliverer, that you are our help in the time of trouble. Help us to lean and to stand in you and in your love and in your goodness. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, 
Look with me, as you, if you will, as we began to look at this verse. He starts and he says, I love you. I love you, O Lord. You know, one of the things I've really enjoyed about Wednesday night's prayer meeting is to hear the hearts of those who pray. To, to hear how they speak to their father. You know, to just hear, because how they talk to their father speaks of their relationship with him. Amen? And so I think about often, and I've told you from this pulpit time and time before, you know, I've heard men who have changed their voice. They've changed their, they've changed their, uh, their cadence. They've changed their vocabulary when they pray to God. And not for the better. Thee and thou and thou art all. You know, it's like, really, dude? Like, that's not how you and I talk. Now, should we come to God with reverence? Yes, absolutely, we should. But David simply starts this prayer. He simply starts his psalm, or song, as you will, because this was the original hymn book of the church. He says, I love you. I love you. Do you love the Lord? He says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Then he says, the Lord is, listen to what he says. He gives us eight names of who the Lord is. He said, the Lord is my Rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer or savior. He is my God. He is my rock, my strength, in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So let's look at this. He says that he is my rock and my fortress. As I began to think about that, get the picture of who David is saying the Lord is. He's saying the Lord is his rock. What does the Bible tell us? That what we build on, the foundation of which we build is important. Right? That we're to not build on the sand, but we're to build what? On the rock. And so the rock is typically what? Beneath us. And then think about that fortress that is around us. So God is his strength. He is his rock. He is solid beneath us and we are protected around us. He surrounds us. That's why you think about that fortress. You think about, as I told you the story this morning about getting in that closet. Why? You got there because there was strength in that closet. There was strength in the way that it was built. It should be one of the more safer places to be. It should be a fortress. But also as I think about a closet, what what about your prayer closet? Where is, where is that place that you go to wrestle with God, to pour out your heart 
to Him, to pray and to seek Him, to, to, to pray for other people. Where is your, as one movie um, by um, the Sherwood folks in Albany, it was a movie called War Room. Where is your war room? What are you praying over others? What are you reading and, and how are you praying specifically for other people? Because the Lord is our strength. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He is our deliverer. Paul, uh, Paul, we talk a lot about Paul. David says here, in whom I take refuge. You see, that's who he's trusting. That's who he finds protection. When you find refuge, you're going to find protection. And as we think this morning about the word refuge, I just have to say that God is good. God is good. And as the song, the song reminds us, he is worthy to be praised. Miss Cindy picked these songs out sometime before. She didn't know exactly what I was going to be preaching on. But as we sung um, one of the songs this morning, God will take care of you. You might not have noticed it, but again, it was there. It was Nahum 1-7, which this week as I was going through my quiet time, and I used the, one of the things I find a way to be in my quiet time is use the Version Bible app. And they have a thing called story, a daily story. And they give you, you know, you kind of, okay, let's pause and reflect. Prepare for God to speak. They share a verse. There's a video clip. There's a devotional. There's usually a um, scripture graphic that you can share. And there is a prayer. So listen, this week as I was in my own quiet time, Nahum 1-7 came up and it says this, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Amen? He is our refuge. He's our stronghold. And I just want to share with you an excerpt from this devotional. Feeling uncertain about your future or where you stand with someone happens. Your emotions are so very real. And it's okay to wrestle with those feelings. But what you must do is come to a place of measuring those fears and emotions next to our mighty God. So Betsy, you shared about that this morning, about wrestling with those feelings. And as she is in the grieving process, I think you told me it was 20 weeks, right? And Miss Betsy began to tell me about how that there is her faith and then there are her emotions. Both are real. But as she mentioned, as she deals with those emotions, as she leans into the God, her faith is what gives her hope. And just like this devotional said, you must come to a place of measuring your fears and your emotions next to our mighty God. When you are afraid and unsure, feeling alone in your struggle, run to the only refuge that can save you. Run to the God who understands you and feels the anguish you feel. Know that the Father is a safe place and a rock you can stand on. When you can get that perspective, your fears should fade into the distance and your emotions settle to a place 
of peace. And the prayer that day was this, God, help me to trust that you are good. You alone are my refuge in times of trouble. Please help me to run to you for safety and protection. Amen. I want you to take your copy of your bulletin. I want you to turn it over on the back. I want you to find a pen, a pencil, lipstick, whatever you can find. And I want you to write this phrase on the back. I forgot to give it to Miss Terry. Yes, I do forget. I did admit that. It is on tape. It is on CD. So I do admit my failures from time to time. But I forgot to get this question to Miss Terry. And I want you to very simply write on the back of your bulletin. God, comma, thank you for being my, and then leave a space. God, thank you for being my, and leave a space. And so what does David tell us? David says that he's our rock, he's our fortress, he's our deliverer. He's his God, he's his strength, his refuge, his shield, the horn of my salvation. He is the stronghold. He is my high tower. So I want to ask you this morning, maybe underneath that line, how would you describe God? So one of the things by the end of today, by the end of our time together, I want you to go back in and fill in that blank. Don't do it now. Wait and maybe do it later. But maybe you begin to pray that over your life now. God, thank you for being my blank. So I began to think, what would we say? What would Chris Moore say of who God is? God is my helper. He is my encourager. He's my comforter. He's my healer. He's my calm. He's my guide. He is my redeemer. In the prayer meeting this week, see, unbeknownst, see, if you'll just, if you'll just kind of tune in and ask God to speak, he'll speak. He'll speak through his word. He'll speak through other people. He'll speak through circumstances in your life. And he will most ultimately speak through his word. But during our prayer meeting, unbeknownst to the ladies who were sharing, two of them said two key words that I scribbled on a post-it note. They said that the Lord is my burden bearer. And that he is my protector. Really quickly, these five symbols of who God is, if you will. David says he's a rock. A rock can't be moved by any who would harm us. A rock who can't be moved by any who would harm us. He is our fortress. A place of safety where the enemy can't follow. He is a shield. He comes between us and harm. He is the horn of salvation. He is the power that saves me. He, so he is the might that can save us. 
And then we see that he is a stronghold or a high tower and that he is high above our enemies. Friends, if you need protection, look to God. This week, my mom shared something on Facebook that I thought was very telling. And it just stopped me in my tracks as I was scrolling through Facebook. I try to spend less time scrolling through Facebook, but I've since replaced that by scrolling through Twitter and seeing the craziness of people burning Bibles because they're not the translation that they want to be. I don't know. Wherever you go, you're going to, you know, just see craziness, right? Even just go to Walmart. You know, there's what? The people of Walmart that show all the craziness of Walmart. I guess it's kind of stopped now with the mask. I hadn't seen as many, but there's like whole pages devoted to that. Anyway, I digress. All right, so mom shared this on Facebook. For those of you that know, she had COVID. She's in the hospital. She almost died. She couldn't breathe. And she shared this. She said, sometimes, I don't know where she found it. I don't think she wrote it because I asked Kim. I said, this isn't my, that's not my mom's handwriting. But she shared it and I know the reason she shared it is because she lived it. And it says this, sometimes God puts you in places alone because he needs you to realize that you do not need anybody but him. Amen? Friends, God is willing and ready to protect. God is ready to save. And as David tells us this morning in verse 3, God is worthy of our praise. David said, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Alright, so y'all knew. Might not be preaching. I might just be preaching on three verses. But I got to share this with you. I told you there are 50 verses in this psalm. I encourage you, mark up your copy of God's word. Underline, highlight, whatever it might be. There's nothing sacrilegious in that. There's nothing wrong with that because why? Why do I enjoy, why does Chris Moore underline in his Bible? Because there are times like when I'm preaching on Psalm 18, I sit down, I print it out, five pages, you know, I interact with God's word. It's a clean slate, nothing's marked. But I just happened to go back and I read it in my Bible, my main Bible that I carry. I would be remiss this morning if I did not share and at least read some of the other truths that David tells us in Psalm 18. So listen to these other truths that he tells us. In verse 6, he says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Amen. When you're praying to God... I pray that your relationship, as you take next steps with him, your prayers don't just bounce off the ceiling, amen? But David tells us this morning as a man who was after God's own heart, who was a man who made mistakes just like you and I, but he was a God who, he was a man who sought after God's heart. He says that when we pray, when we cry for help, that our cries, our prayers reach his ears. 
Then in verse 9, verse 9, he bowed the heavens and came down. Amen? He bowed the heavens and came down. Verse 18, the Lord was my support. And he brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Don't miss that. He rescued me because he delighted in me. So not only does he hear our prayers, he hears our cries. He bowed the heavens and came down in the form of a man. Born of a virgin. Who would teach you and I how we're to live. When challenged by the Pharisees of Pharisees of what we're to do and how we're to live. Jesus took the commandments and he broke it down like this. And he said you're to love God. And to love others. All of it hangs on this. Love God. And love others. Verse 30, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Verse 27, I missed this. For you save a humble people. Think back on 1 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves. Humility is an important part of the life of a Christian. Amen? Verse 31, and who is God except, or who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. And then verse 39, for you equipped me with strength for the battle. Friends, the life of a Christian is not one of easy believism, of name it and claim it, that there will be no pain or sorrow. David tells us that he will equip you with strength for the battle. So what do we do? What do we do? Verse 6 tells us what we're to do. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and to my God, I called, I cried for help. So friends, this morning, I invite you. This week as you go, you might be going through something this morning. Let's not talk about this week. Let's talk about right now. You might be going through something in your life right now. There may be a storm that you are going through. Call upon the Lord. Friends, don't let your mistakes keep you away. Don't let your sin keep you away. Don't let your doubts keep you away. Don't let your questions keep you away. Don't let your anger keep you away. Why? Because God is willing and ready to protect. 
He is ready to save. And oh friends, he is worthy of our praise. As I read again this week, in another source and far removed from anything else, I was asked this question and it was timely for this message. Who or what do you turn to for refuge? Friends, don't turn to false comforters, to alcohol, to drugs, to gossip. Some people turn to food. Some people turn to workaholism. They turn to their work. They turn to food to comfort them. Turn to Jesus. So I invite you now as we close out in the time of prayer. And I ask you to write, God, thank you for being my blank. As we close this morning, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. God, thank you for being my blank. Friends, can I invite you now, every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, as as we come to this place, Lord, I pray. Lord, that we leave this place knowing that you are ready and willing to protect. Lord, that you are ready to save. Lord, what might some of these your people say this morning? God, thank you for being my blank. Lord, may they fill that in and pray that to you as they seek hope strength. Lord, I thank you for being my helper. Lord, for helping me in times of trouble. For comforting me when I'm anxious and when I'm scared. Father, thank you for being sending my Redeemer, Jesus Christ that I may come boldly before you as we pray this morning very specifically for specific people with specific needs. God, you've taught me that when people work, people work. But God, when we pray, you work. So Father, I pray that we quiet our hearts and minds Help us to realize that you love us. As as David poured out his love for you, Lord, you are also worthy to be praised. And Lord, you, as David reminded us this morning, Lord, Lord, you have rescued us. You are willing to rescue someone under the sound of my voice. Why? Not because of what they've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And you want to rescue them because you delight in them. Father, thank you for loving me a sinner and sending your son Jesus that I may have eternal life. That I may have life on earth abundantly as I abide and remain in you. Father, thank you. Thank you. 
thank you for being our rock. Thank you for being our fortress, our deliverer, our strength, our shield, and our stronghold. Thank you for being our refuge in whom we can trust. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus.